Welcome back to Girls Talk Ag, Plowing Through the Manure Online. Uh, this week, we're really excited to kind of talk about a topic that has a bajillion layers. Um, advocating or advocating for ag, or as we like to say, you know, the title of our, our podcast this week, Advocator, I barely know her. <laughs> so pretty much if we're only good for one thing it's coming up with awesome titles so uh my bestest friends in the podcast world are here with me today i got karen hello and i'm kind of disappointed we're not your best friend in life i know (laughs) right i was thinking the same thing you know but when i say that it's a shallow pool i don't really have many friends (laughs) so like if it makes you feel better in the top five of people um, you guys are in like the top six like it's like my <laughs> my my mom, my sister, my dad's in there. So there's like three people, my husband, my kid, and then you guys. So congratulations. Wait, we're not above your husband? What? Huh? It depends on the day. Okay. 90% of the time, <laughs> probably. So. At um, least your husband's included. Just I I kind of have to. I think it was in the vows. Oh. I'm not sure. What, wasn't in mine. I made sure. Wasn't. <laughs> See, you're smart. I know the honor and obey part. Like, the honor part was, but I don't think obey was. Because if you tell me to do something, I'm probably going to do the opposite. Right. I'm that person. So, thank God that he married me and not someone else, because he has to put up with it, I guess. So, so anyway, um, advocate, uh, advocator for ag- agriculture, um ag enthusiast. I mean, it could all fall under this giant, large umbrella. And there's a lot of talk about it and, you know, some general uh, love and affection within the advocate community. And then there's not. Um, And so you'll ask, you know, what's your opinion on on advocating for agriculture or being an advocate and you'll get 17 different responses from 17 different people uh so we thought what the hell let's tackle the subject this week and and it'll give us something to talk about and what i really you know where i want to get started is what does the term mean to us so karen when you hear advocate what comes to mind you know right off the bat I would say it's people who tell the story of ag to people who aren't involved in ag. Now, whether that's through um, blogging or podcasting or Snapchatting or any of those things, um, that's what I would consider it to be. That makes sense. It makes good sense. Um, Jen, I'm going to make you wait because you're you're our advocate. Oh, please. Me. You are. You have our very own. own. Yeah, you're my hero. You've been to Germany to advocate <laughs> and advocate. Um, to me, I think it means much the same as what Karen's saying. Um, you know, when I got started uh, on Twitter in my blog or my blog, <laughs> I don't have one of those. Um, in my bio, I put uh, ag enthusiast. So when I first got started, before I was on Twitter, I never even realized there was this thing called advocating um, at all. I've just always been um, somewhat of a cheerleader for farmers and for agriculture, and and I think that's part of it. But I really want to hear what you think, Jen, on it. What what's your opinion? You know, like like you said, you know, before we got started here, you're on the inside looking out. But what do you see um, in that house of advocating that you know you kind of live in sometimes 
Um, oh, gosh. This is so hard for me because I, I don't know what the word means. I'm one of those people who thinks I want a definition to a word so that when I cross the line, I don't really care. But I want to know I crossed that line, um, if that makes any sense. I don't know what the word means to me. I think... I don't know. Does anybody know what the word means? Um, I, I did. So. I did ask. I, I do work with with Bear a lot on advocating, and so I kind of asked them what they thought the definition should be or was. Um, Casey Allen said that it is someone who appreciates and speaks positively on behalf of modern agriculture. Uh, modern being in parentheses because I suppose it's all of agriculture as well. But I think. Um, to me, one of the big things is, is modern agriculture because it seems to get the worst rap. Um, I don't know. It means so much and I'm not even sure if it needs a definition. I don't know that I made a whole lot of sense there. No, I think you made perfect sense. Um, I like that opinion on things. That's the, the modern agriculture and, and someone who is, um, you know, kind of explaining what that means or or helping to communicate that with the quote unquote outside world, I guess you could say, because agriculture as a, a whole and as a, a general norm tends to kind of stick together um, and have a, a nucleus of, of, you know, kind of farmers, producers in the center, you know, surrounded by those of us who support the industry, you know, Karen and I, Karen on the, the agronomy side and, and I on the, the marketing side, you know, we're kind of on the the outside, so to speak, looking in. Um, but I, I know, you know, yesterday, and we've asked, we asked quite a bit on, on Twitter and got quite a lot of feedback. And, and, you know, I had to agree, Gerald McDaniel came out and said, you know, Karen, that you and Chad um, were some of the better advocates. And, and I just don't feel like I wouldn't have even put myself in that category. But with his definition was a lot different than mine. Yeah. And his definition was, People who represent what we do in ag, some do it better than others, you know, although I'm coming to the conclusion the general public just doesn't care, um, you know, and, and that's, I think that you guys do represent agriculture well, that I, in my opinion. Um, and I see, but when we, I mean, Chad posts a lot of videos and does stuff. And I mean, I do more science type agronomy questions, but to me, we're not talking to people outside of our circle. And I think that's where I have to come in. and. I don't feel like my Twitter bio says just live in my life because when I talk, I'm just talking. And if you want to listen, great. And if you don't, basically you're lost. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, <laughs> we're listening, it, Jen. It's it is. Not, we're listening. It's not. Um, I know some people take it kind of personal. I hate to say we need to educate consumers. Ugh, that just because. I don't feel like it's anybody's job as an adult to randomly educate other people. I'm willing to learn about other things, but if you sit me down and tell me you're going to educate me on something, yeah, you're going to get attitude. I guess I would say that I have advocating moments. I mean, I have some friends who aren't associated in ag who will ask me specific questions on Facebook and I'll answer right. them. Yeah, and I would consider that an advocating question. moment. Totally. Um, you know, when I'm at the fair and I'm working in our ag education booth, and they're, you know, I'm working with people in the community and answering their questions. 
you know, I would consider those advocating moments, but I wouldn't put myself in the category as an actual advocate like you because you blog and you're part of the Indiana Farmers and you do a lot of the things. Well, you're an actual farmer and I'm not that too, but. Well, I don't, I don't know that advocating is, has to come from farmers. I don't know that it should always come, 100% come from farmers anyway. Um, Well, I think that has been something that has been perpetuated by some advocates, though, is that if you aren't actually farming, um, you're not really doing anything to help teach others about farming. You know what I mean? And that's a crock of sh**. And that's, I, I, you know, I, and I'll call, I'll say, I'll call a spade a spade. I, uh, you know, I used to, to be a a very active member of Michigan Farm Bureau. Uh, I lived in, in one County and, and was the young farmer chair and, and worked and, and did everything I could volunteer wise at local schools and, and this, that, and the other thing. And when I moved, I was, became a member of that County and again, was the young farmer chair and was, was very, very active and worked in agriculture as a, a grain marketer, ran an elevator, blah, 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 um, applied for one of the, um, categories that they have, like a young farmer or young person in agriculture or whatever, and was literally told that I didn't have enough experience in agriculture to be considered for that. So who makes that judgment? Well, that's the thing is, is, uh, you know, and, and so when you, when we close the door and I, I, I'm not saying that everyone does that, but there is a certain level of, well, if you're not out actually driving the tractor or collecting the afterbirth, um, come come take my job. You can collect afterbirth here and be an advocate all you want. I don't want to. I'm good. I'll let you do that and send Karen pictures. That's why she's not on Snapchat, by the way. Oh. Um, But no. It sounds like a dark, dark place. It's fun. It's, there's filters. It's and cookies, but um, no, I mean, it's so that's the one thing is I I think sometimes you have people who would be the general consumer who would probably um, really kind of cheerlead agriculture, modern food production. um, But we we assume that since they aren't out, you know, doing the actual farming, that they can't possibly understand where we're coming from. And so that's really unfortunate, too, since there's so few actual farmers left. Yeah. Well, I think you reach more people. Obviously, you're going to reach more people. So so I'm on Facebook and I'm sharing my, quote, office view, unquote, of the day with a picture from a tractor or a cute baby pig, but not the afterbirth. And (laughs) someone picks up on that and they share it on Facebook on their page. Well, they're not sharing it with only farmers. I mean, it's it's multiplying and rolling and reaching more people than you'd ever know. Why why limit that to only people who are you know doing the work actual living guess. farmers? Actually yeah, hashtag actual living farmers. Why yeah. why are we limiting that? Then you're reaching nobody. Well, I agree. I mean, and, and that's so that's been part of the conversation is are we preaching to the choir? And a lot of the responses I had this morning when I asked on Twitter about people's opinions on um, advocating or advocating for agriculture or whatever it may be, is most of the folks that I, I had asked said flat out that we're just basically talking to our, ourselves. You um, know what? 
I like the choir. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I, I claim a lot that I'm probably preaching to the choir, but if Facebook is my main example for this, if I'm preaching to the choir on Facebook and one person who isn't in the choir sees my post and gets a positive impression of agriculture or asks a question or even just sees it because the majority of people who see things on Facebook aren't going to comment, like, or ask questions. You've you've reached people, one person, and you've reached people. I guess oh, I I'm passive aggressive on my Facebook. I'll um, post articles, not necessarily trying to educate, but I'll post articles, you know, about GMOs or different things like that. But I don't, I don't know. I guess that's my passive way of sharing and- information. Which is the way to do it, because you have no clue. There are lots of people reading that who are never commenting or liking or sharing, but they've read it, and they've they've learned something. Well, I agree. I, and I've always Just, said that similar, you know, on Twitter, because I don't, I don't do much on Facebook. Um, I'm not in any of the, the circles, really, uh, that you guys talk about. Most of the people that you'll talk about, I'm confused you know what i mean like i'm like who who's that one which one's that i don't understand is that the person that said this like a year ago who's the boycott person i don't know um and so i don't do much on that but on on twitter a lot of times i'll talk about grain marketing or or try to kind of break through on on different things with my opinion from a a, a market strategy or or something like that and i always say or your if opinion I can just, on creed yes creed that's what underrated but everyone hates them, apparently. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But if I reach one person, I always say that if I can help one person change their opinion on something, then I'm I'm doing something right. And I think that's very much the same. I think you're right in that, Jen, you know, going about it that way. It's, it's not as though you really necessarily want to. I don't know if those viral posts do much. I think if you're taking count and measuring what you're doing you're probably missing the point. Well, and that's someone said that today, um, that there's a huge difference between advocating and they called it ego vocating. Where Ooh, I like that. Who yeah. said that? Oh god, I'll have to look and see. Um but there I was also them, another one that had said too, you know, advocating under the guise of actually pushing your own agenda. Yeah. And so how much of that is actually going on? Um, I would say, I, w- I would say, I don't know if I want to say a lot, but I w- it goes on. I mean, it goes on in everything. Um, I-, I also have to wonder, uh, agree with Jerry McDaniel. You know, he says how much of the general public really just doesn't care. Um, and he says, I don't think they they have malicious thoughts about ag. And I'm kind of paraphrasing there. Um, yeah. You know, I I care where my medication comes from, but yeah. I care because I want it when I want it, and I want it at cheap cost. When it's very much the same as, as food. And it's just like food. I mean, it's necessary. Believe me, my family says my medication is necessary. <laughs> um. But, but you don't but, need you know, to know how it's processed and made. I don't need to know how, completely yeah. how it's processed and made. 
You know, and I know a lot of people are, we're probably going to get hate mail for this, but kind of pretty much trust the FDA, you know, to tell me what I'm taking here in America is safe and, and the drugstores it's coming from. And I think that every industry probably has its haters. Um, I think every industry probably takes it very personal. Ag takes it very personal. More personal. Um, but I think that's, is that more to do with the fact that uh, it's our our family? It, I mean, it's in our, our blood. It's it's not, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you don't grow up, when you become a, a it, not everyone, I can't say that no one has, but when you become a, um, oh crap, a pharmacist, it's not because you grew up, you know, with your dad in the pharmacy. It's because it's the job that you chose. You know, it's it's a right. lot different than if you grow up to become a, a farmer, you know, a lot of it is because you have this romantic idea or, re- or memory, at least I do, of, of riding right. in the tractor with your dad as a kid. Um, You know, some of my greatest memories were from... Um, checking irrigation when I was little and listening to Tigers games on the radio and learning how to drive, you know, on my dad's lap at, in the well, middle of nowhere. And so that's part of the reason that I, I am such a, an enthusiast when it comes to agriculture is I think there's such a family, um, a deep-rooted family vibe there too, if that makes sense. I don't there know. is. And, and then I think it goes back to... And I'm not going to give the right credit to, oh, I am going to give the right credit because I just remembered it was Carrie Zolka talking the other day about no one cares about generations of pharmacists, like you say, um, as your example. Why do we in agriculture expect others to care about generations of farmers? Yeah. Yeah, Um, I agree. I as sad as it is, but I think there's a there is a certain level in the the United States, you know, psyche or or Canada or anywhere any I don't even want to say the U.S. only. Um, there is a certain level of of embracing that maybe more so in the U.S. just because we we picture, um, you know, you think of the grapes of wrath or you know all of these things of of how hard the the farmer has worked and toiled and you know this that and the other. Oh thing. yeah. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I have, I mean, I have a romanticized view of it. I live it every day. And then there's the unromantic view I have of it as well. But yeah, why do I, why should I be so arrogant to think that everyone should care about my family's plight? Oh, and I agree. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I, yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, I, I, I can't argue it. And then so that goes back to the which Dale Ketchison was who said that um, the advocating versus ego vocating. So is there a certain level of of people wanting to force the consumer to love agriculture? Oh, yes. You know, um, I think. so. Yeah, I think. I think there is. I think we we think that the, the farmer or the, the consumer is supposed to love us. So, yeah, I mean, we really can't force the consumer to have this romanticized idea. I think we can try to communicate that, you know, what we do. I think that's a perfect way to do it because I think there is a certain level of the consumer bastardizing the industry. Um, oh, there is. I mean, you you have you have this, I call it this 2% that 
that are involved in agriculture. And I think at the far end of the spectrum, you have this 2% that hate agriculture. but And we get so focused on this 2% that hates us that we're forgetting about the 96% in between. Yeah, that really doesn't know. And those are the random numbers I pulled out of my ass. No, I no, I think you're that's that's been a common point is that many, many people feel that we're communicating. We're trying to convince the people that are never going to be convinced. Yeah, they're not going to change their mind. It's it's like arguing with a four year old. Right, Right. Karen? (laughs) Oh, good Lord. And I mean, seriously, those people are always going to have a problem. And why would you want to beat your head against the wall like you do with a little terrorist like a four-year-old? <laughs> right. I mean, you're always going to have someone who thinks negatively of everything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to answer questions. You know, I'm not going to go to the grocery store and start talking to somebody to try and educate them. But if somebody happens to ask me something, then I'm going to answer them from what I know. Exactly. You don't walk up to random strangers in the grocery store and just start accosting them on you know, GMOs. Are you sure? If someone I turn- think there are if- advocates that do do that. And there are. But I think if someone turns to you and is like, I don't even know, you know, we've got GMO green beans. This this label on green beans says non-GMO and this one doesn't. And they're kind of t- looking at me. I'm going to say, well, there are no non, there, there, no, there are no GMO green beans. So it doesn't matter which one you buy. Well, I did but- that one time on... Uh- Someone, my mom's Facebook, someone came on and said that her daughter was insistent that they not buy um, GMO produce. And I said, well, you're in luck because there really isn't other than summer right. squash um, and your apple and your potato, which I mean, those papaya. I don't even in the papaya, papaya, but I don't know who buys a papaya in in, in Michigan. I've never even seen a papaya, I don't think. But it's now awesome. I do. You know, I do do the passive aggressive thing. Like if I'm in Walmart and I see the non-GMO on the green beans, I, I am that random person who talks to themselves out loud, hoping others are listening, where I randomly say, oh, my God, this is so stupid. There are no GMO green beans. Yeah. Hoping someone's listening. But I don't accost anyone. <laughs> you, you don't throw the can at their head and tell them how stupid I it don't. is. That I don't. I just, but, but you know how you kind of look around out of the corner of your eye to make sure someone's listening to you, oh, but do you don't really time. want to? Yeah. It's the story of my life. That's how it is when I'm, like, at home waiting to see if Carl's listening about how someone should take out the garbage. Oh, let me know how that goes, because that ain't working around It doesn't work either. If only someone else would make the bed. I (sighs) doesn't get the bed made. I don't know. But Oh, wait, we never make beds. We don't either. (laughs) I have to. We have dogs, and they'll, like, you go to get in the bed, and all of a sudden you have, like, it's ridiculous. I need to just, like, I tell them all the time, this is why people have outside dogs. Right. I don't think they understand it. I'm going to make them watch more ASPCA commercials. But um I, <laughs> or have a dog always, that's too small to jump on the bed by itself. Oh, that's Beebs is like that. Our dog Beebs. I always dog. say our our hogs never pay any attention to their training videos. None. That's, yeah. That's I don't understand. It's like they don't even know what their role is around here. But I know, right? Um so do you guys think it's a negative term? I don't think it is. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's just kind of a play on words and people went with it. I don't have any, I don't think it's a negative connotation. And when I hear it, I don't flip out like some people do. That's, Jen, do you? 
I don't think it's negative. I think that it's a word that, for some reason, has uh, gathered a lot of baggage with it. And, um, but all of the baggage seems to be from within agriculture, not I outside would agree. Of it. Oh, totally. I would agree. I think it's also a word that gets in your head now when you're, when you, when you start to do a tweet or a Facebook post or you're talking to somebody and then you're suddenly like, at least for me, it brings out my multiple personalities. I'm like, oh, am I advocating? Am I advocating right? Am I supposed to be advocating? What am I doing? Can't I? Oh, wait, I just want to talk. But no, does that sound proper? Um, am I and using I just the think right to terminology? Myself, yeah. I just think to myself, hmm, is that too bitchy? Should I take that back? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so then, honestly, Karen, I say that to myself a lot because my Twitter gets a little snarky and I'm like, I don't know that I want to be called an advocate because then I'm like, if they see it, they're going to think I'm a bitchy advocate. So I don't, multiple personalities. Is, you know, the thing is that other farmers get upset when farmer advocates talk about what they do on their farm as if they speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, when I call my four-year-old a terrorist, like I just did a couple of minutes ago, I'm not speaking for all moms. I mean, I'm sure there are moms right. who have perfectly... You know, perfectly four-year-olds. Four Most of those moms are just like to try my patience. <laughs> yeah, and see, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that if you you need to learn that you're speaking for your farm, but you also need to remember that they're speaking for their farm. Um, there, you people can't make blanket statements about agriculture. I don't think anybody tries to. Maybe they do, and I just ignore them. I don't really know, but. I'm I'm super careful about saying, oh, you know, on our farm, um, we don't uh, pull pigs very often from our sows. Um, if they need help, we're there for it, but we don't purposely pull pigs or go up in a sow to try to help her give birth. That makes um, sense. Chris... Chris tends to think it then it makes the sows lazy when they give birth. I don't know. But I'm not saying that every sow Chris farm should try and give way. birth and see how it feels. <laughs> I thought that often. But that's what I love it. He thinks it makes the sows lazy. Like they're like, pull my babies, please, the next time around. And he does. I mean, he does. He's like, well, if you go up in them all the time, they don't have to work for it. And I'm like, well. Okay. Chris I asked my that he's had to take that he's have you been like well if you take a laxative you don't have to work for it what the hell that'll, that'll. i don't you know and but, but he and i also disagree on sal's when we walk through the farrowing barn he's like that one's fat she doesn't need any extra feed i'm like dude she's feeding 13 piglets and she just gave birth Give her a scoop. She's not fat. Oh, my God. I'm glad I'm not married to him. He'd have been like, after I had Colton, like, make sure you give her only Slim Fast because she don't need no extra calories. Meanwhile, I'm like, let's order the appetizer. But that's... I love it. Oh, Chris. You know, I don't think it's necessarily a negative term. I do think there are some people that have ruined it for others. I think everyone's an advocate, so to speak. Um, Whether they want to be or not. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of it. And it goes back to what we talked about with our podcast 
discussion, I think it was, when we mentioned, you know, do you have a certain obligation on social media to be a certain way in order to be a representative? And I I don't think you you do. I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit pissy about that because I had plenty of people tell me, you know, off the get-go, because you know, I, I got on Twitter and then all of a sudden everyone's like, hey, come, come work with us. And oh, okay, why? You know, and the first thing they'd say, well, on your Twitter, you should change... Well, no, I'm not going to, because this isn't your right. Twitter. You know, I, I, that's the one thing I, I love the most about my boss is he has never in his life tried to, um, chastise or tell me I shouldn't say a certain thing. He's always let me have the freedom to communicate in a certain way. And I guess if I'm not everyone's cup of tea, then that's fine because I don't want to be. I, I do. You know, I what. Go ahead. No, I just I'm not here to make everyone happy. Like it's it's nowhere in my bio. Am I like the giver of joy? You know, <laughs> the giver of joy. I I that's gonna be my bio. Just living my life, the giver of joy. Yeah, that's um, I, I'm here I, for. And I was thinking that earlier today um, when I was feeding, I was like. I can say whatever I want on my Twitter, but I don't have to answer. I'm self-employed. I don't have to answer. Well, I work for Chris, but I I don't have to answer to anybody else. So I think there is there is some balance that people probably that I don't have to do that a lot of people might have to do. Well, we talked about that. I asked about uh uh locked Twitter accounts the other day and someone was like, "Well, you know, I can't have uh, my boss seeing this, or I don't want other people to see this, or whatever. And you know, I guess I take a great amount of joy in the fact that I don't give a what people really think. You know what I mean? And, and I have that ability. And, and I agree. And now I will say that you know, the other day there was something I tweeted something, and and my oldest uh, texted me immediately and said don't you be attaching my name to that because I'm looking for a job. And I'm like, it's not attached to it. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I kind of feel for her. I'm like, dude, I get to say whatever I want. Well, I didn't have Um, that right in my early 20s at all. Right. I mean, that's something I've really worked for. Um, Um, But, yeah, your mother isn't, you know, I kind of feel sorry for her because, you you know, her mother is on Twitter saying all kinds of shit and, and, you know. Yeah. She was also the kid whose freshman year at Iowa State, uh, somebody in her class heard her talking and uh, a kid said, oh, you cannot, you're not the daughter of Plow Wife and CGL Farm. I don't think they have kids. What? That is That's hilarious so to me. That is funny. That is, I don't, you do have kids. I've, I've. Right. And, and, you know, we've kind of worked hard to make sure that if they want to be there, they can. Yeah. They're really, actually, they're great probably better advocates than I am. So I think it's funny because I don't, you know, with Colton being so young, um, I don't know how it'll be for him as we get older. Cause that's, it's, it is funny in the sense that right now he doesn't recognize it. Um, but Carl's daughters have told me stories cause Carl's on, um, the radio like twice a day. In, in the local right. area and throughout the, the state of Iowa. And then I'm on TV and on the radio and I do the um, agri- 
culture, the the market update sometimes for uh, the TV station in Des Moines. So there's a lot of times where one of us will be stopped somewhere along the line. And, and now more so with me, because a lot of people will stop Carl and be like, is this your wife that was on market to market and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, and so or the other day when I was chasing the my dogs down the road, trying to collect them as the farmer was coming with the, the auger attached to his truck. And I was hoping one of them wouldn't get run over as I have Colton strapped to me, you know, and I'm like, hey, I wonder if he watched me two weeks ago trying, you know, he's looking at me as a hot mess now. And, and so there's a certain part of that, I guess, or, or, um, you know, or I wonder what it'll be like for Colton when he's older. If And then I, I have to remember that there's only a small percentage of the population that actually pays attention to that stuff. Right. And that's, yeah, that's another thing, you know? Well, yeah. and I think, I think for my kids, I think Bristol thinks that everybody's dads are on TV. Yeah. Well, that's why Colton's not. Is he going to see a difference? You know what I mean? Like, is that is he just going to think that that's like that everywhere? Like you said, everyone's dads are on TV. Everyone is uh, drives a a tractor and and posts pictures. And, you know, I always joke because people are are like, oh, you're you know, you're such a big deal on Twitter. And I'm like, yes, that's like being the best dressed person at a dollar general. Like, Which a Dollar General is a step below a Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, if you got up and put a bra on, you are rocking the Dollar General. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So I, and sometimes I forget, though, like, um, it, it's it's just funny to me because sometimes you do have that feeling where you're like, you know, 11,000 people who follow me on Twitter. I'm on Mark. Don't you know who I am? Like, you know, and then you have to realize right. that, yeah, no one gives a shit, Ange. I'm just the one married to Chad Colby. That's all anyone cares about. <laughs> I always say I always say I'm lucky I don't have any haters, but then I also go, well, I don't really have any adoring fans either. So I have Oh, I have some super fans who completely hate me. But that's okay. <laughs> that's yeah, I have um other brokers really don't like me. Um, which I think is funny because I'm not a broker, so we're not competition. Um, and then I have some farmers that like me, I think, and then other farmers that think I'm a doofy heifer, you know, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I am what I am, I guess. And that's, that's the one thing for me is, is whether or not I am an, an advocate or an ag enthusiast or an advocate, advocate for agriculture, I'm not going to change, change. And that's the one thing about this podcast that's kind of scared me is that I've never been in the quote unquote advocate arena. And now I'm starting to see that there are new people following and or interacting with me that that are. And so then I'm like, oh, God, I don't belong at this lunch table. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I would so disagree. I, I, I always thought you were an advocate. And I don't know, I guess. I guess maybe I just. Oh, but did I, I think insult I, her? I, either, I didn't think I was myself. I mean, I don't. And, you know, and it, I think you are. Definition. Karen. I don't think it's an insult. Yeah, I just oh, no. it's not how I, I thought about it. Yeah, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been friends with you or done this podcast if I thought you weren't advocates. Because you only no, spend time with advocates, right? I only spend time with advocates. That's what. Well, um, you are. That's what. That's the thing for me is I've always seen you as an advocate so to speak so it's it's that's and i think that's part of the weird part of this whole entire discussion 
is, is it a fractured industry? Is there, like I said, is there a lunch table? You know, is there a certain group of people that are are in a circle jerk with each other thinking about how awesome they are because they're explaining to all of the other people about what's so great about agriculture? And is that why there is the negative connotation that comes with the word? Is it, has it been, has it turned into a click? so to speak. Is that part of it, do you think? or is that... I just think there's certain people who rub people the wrong way, and whether they're an advocate or a lawyer or a doctor or a grocery store clerk, they're just going to rub people the wrong way. And that, so should we police how advocates advocate? No, I say no. No, I say no. I say no. Of course, I'm also the one who, you know, does gets to go places with Bear, and honestly, I wake up a lot of mornings thinking I'm going to get an email that says, yeah, you uh, just aren't repping farming very well. We're going to have to uh, cut you from this lunch table group. Maybe that's a normal thing because I feel the same way. You know, I'm waiting for the day that someone doesn't invite me back on, you know what I mean? Like market to market or whatever. Like the the day that they're like, you know, you're really not what we were thinking you were. Exactly. Yes. But, well, here's but the thing. I, I don't think... get invited anywhere and it doesn't matter. You can hang out with us. My life is still full. hang out with us. But that's we'll a, start our own lunch table. You know, and that's the thing, though. At the same time, you know, I am I am honored that I have had the opportunities because I spent my childhood growing up watching U.S. Farm Report and Market to Market. And you know what I mean? Um, all of these things that I've I've been so very lucky to be included in. Um, and so part of me would be very upset if, if all of a sudden I was, you know, told to, to see my way out. The other part of me is, is just exactly what I said before. I'm, I'm me and either you're, you know, you're going to love me, hate me, or be completely ambivalent about me. I can't change myself for someone else. And see, I couldn't agree with you more, Angie, because I, I grew up watching tractors in the field and riding and, and loving livestock and I get to do it every day. And I'm also at a point, though, where I'm 47 and I'm like, I'm not changing who I am. Um, Yeah. I don't feel too bad about myself. You may not like me. That's okay. Yeah. But I have to look at myself in the mirror. Exactly. And And I know I'm bitchy. They just, my growers just, you know, I get into some Twitter fight and they just like text me and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See? And same thing. I mean, it's like this is who we are and I think if I think if you're true to yourself then be an advocate. I I don't know. Oh, I agree. I think uh I don't know. I think there's a uh I don't think there is I don't think there is a need for rules or group message or and I think that idea is is part of the reason why Uh people have this bitter feeling towards it is I think some believe and that someone brought up um, the local, their local farm group is trying to teach people how to advocate. And that's when he said he think, you know, if you're going to pay to attend a class to learn how to do something that should come, should just be a form of communication. Well, we did. I agree with we you. had classes. We had classes to teach you how to use Twitter and things like that, but it was never about what to tell you to say. I mean, if we're going to have any rules, I think the number one rule should just be don't be a douchebag. That works. Does that do I, I have to bleep that, douchebag? I don't no. think so. Don't bleep douchebag. Okay. Do I have to when we say it the bleep third time? Douchebag. The fourth time? No. The douche if you bleep douchebag, there'll just be a whole lot of bleeps That's through this. <laughs> it's section. like when we had to bleep 
Right. Right. So I think that there is room, in my opinion, for, I don't want to say classes, but, um, and I don't want to say education, but, um, well, then what do I want to say if I don't say classes or education? (laughs) There is room for. There is room for. Learning. um, Learning. Learning new communication Learning new things and communication skills. I think that there is, you know, I think it's helpful to know that. Quite honestly, in my opinion, you ought to ignore the trolls. Tro- God, I can't no, even talk. Say that, say ignore that again. the trolls. <laughs> yeah. Ignore the chores. Um, I had some ooh, issues with a couple chores? of other people who consider themselves agronomists, which I would just consider salespeople, and I just unfollowed them. You know, I don't right. need that negativity in my life. Yeah. And you don't need to argue with them. It's just a waste of your breath. Exactly. Because they're not going to change their mind. On the marketing. And they only have 100 followers, so just let them be in their own little box. Well, and, that- and so I think there is room for learning those kind of skills for for being on social media and, quote, advocating, unquote. Well, there's a huge- well um, I would have never gotten on Twitter if I hadn't have gone to a Farm Bureau meeting where um, Trisha Braid, ag chick, talked about Twitter. I mean, I wouldn't have if I didn't go to that class. I would have never gotten on it because I didn't know anything about it. I had a f- yeah. If I if I hadn't worked with Indiana corn and Indiana soybean, I wouldn't be on Twitter. I just had a friend try to convince me to start, and I was like, I don't have time for it. And now it's it's. I mean, ridiculous. if I hadn't been talked into it by them, I'd still be taking my afternoon nap instead of podcasting with you guys. Right. We wouldn't know each other. I know. That's sad. Can you? It is sad. I've, you know, some of my best friends, I was thinking about that the other day, um, is Facebook for me is the people that would know nothing about me now. You know, they, they still envision me as 17, 18, you know, maybe 22 year old Angie. Um, mm-hmm. and Twitter is the people that actually know, know me now, aside from family, like my Facebook, you know, my, my parents and, and stuff like that. I don't really have, I have some of more, my more ag centric friends now, um, over there, you know, I'm friends with you guys and I have some others that have, have made their way from Twitter over to that. But, um, yeah, without Twitter, I mean, Twitter is my, uh, social media of choice. And, and that's because I enjoy the interaction that I have 95% of the time. Um, there's some interaction that I have that's kind of wonky, but really from an overall standpoint, I have a very good group of people that I, I engage with. Um, you know, Snapchat's fun. And what do you see? I mean, there's that whole level two over there of, of people that are, are working with thousands of people on Snapchat that no one even knows about. I didn't know any of that, you know. Jay Hill. Yeah. Uh, um, a produce farmer, vegetable farmer in New Mexico, um, Snapchats all day long. I I don't even know how he does it because he also works really hard. But um, he reaches 18,000 people a day per snap. Watch his stuff. It's amazing to me. 18,000. That's amazing. I've never even been on Snapchat. Is it sad that I'm scared of it because I heard it called something else that was kind of derogatory? <laughs> Now, now I just need to know if that actually exists. You should be on Snapchat, Karen. It's fun. But I'm amazed. You know what I mean? I'm I'm amazed that that has even turned into anything that people communicate with. I, I still don't understand it because for me, it's me putting the pig filter on and saying how the markets suck. That's it. 
Like, that's what I do. Or pictures of Colton because he thinks the bumblebee filter is the best thing in the whole wide world right now. And then he tries to put the camera yeah, in his I have, mouth. I haven't figured out Snapchat. To be honest, I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, what's I will admit that I thought people used it for booty calls. I think that's how it <laughs> I don't know. I'm not talent. I'm not talented enough to do my work and Snapchat it all at the same time. Yeah. Um. I've I've tried. Chris yells at me. He's like, "Could you put the phone down?" I'm like, "People want to know, Chris." It's like, no, people really don't want to know what you're doing, Jen. That's what Carl hates. But, um, he's the same way with me but, on Twitter. He's like, "Why do you tweet all day?" I, I don't have a good answer for it. I mean, I just I don't either. But it's, it's just. Because someone, one person might want to know what I'm doing or what I'm thinking. And that's what... And see, I think you tweet when I'm in the office, but I, it never occurs to me when I'm out in the field. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. No, that's it That's when tweets occur to me. Of course, your office is your thinking space, so... Yeah. I tweet a lot of times if I'm getting ready to do something, um, like a talk or something like that. I used to tweet pictures of my audience. I don't know if people want to be involved in that. So I try to kind of avoid it. I do always ask when I get started, um, what, you know, if anyone follows me on Twitter more so, so they, so I know who in the audience knows what kind of smart ass I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I, if, if you're used to like your everyday regular old market talk, you're really going to be shocked by what, my market talks are because they're not they're not normal now that brings up an interesting point that i never thought about till right now is i'd like to take all my tweets in a day and actually count how many of them would be considered advocating and how many are just my random thought 95 percent of mine are random thoughts I think mine are, too. I don't think anyone could really think that the bulk of my stuff is. And I had someone tell me yesterday, I had a couple different people tell me yesterday that they think I'm one of the better advocates that they follow. And I was like, what? I don't. No one ever tells me that. You are my favorite advocate. Oh, thank you. Thank God. One person. I have an adoring fan. Okay. Oh, thank you, Karen. I love you. Sorry. (laughs) I think that it's so hard to tell from inside who is who is an advocate or whether you're doing a good job. Well, well, and the thing is, too, I mean, it's not really your perception of it. It's, you know, you right. may say something, but it's how it affects someone who's listening who's outside of the circle. So you may right. never know how good of an advocate you are. Well, like, right. There is no there is no measurable way to tell. But that's I mean, and that goes back to the question that we kind of talked about prior to this. Um for though, because a lot of people will get the the round of applause that they're the the best advocate in the world by um, putting together a corn maze or having people visit their farm or something like that. If you're charging for this or benefiting from a, a commerce standpoint, are you advocating or are you doing both? Are you finding a way to make money by advocating? I think that there is, um, I think it could be a fine line. I think that there are farms that do agritourism and advocating all at the same time. And I think then you have your your corn mazes that are trying to make a buck in the fall from people wandering through your field. Well, I mean, um, if all you have is a corn maze and it's just a fun thing, then no, it's not an advocate. If you put up different signs about agriculture that people can read along the way, then yeah, I think it is a little bit of advocating. Yeah. Picky. Yeah. 
Well, I was thinking about um, like a dairy that sells their own cheese and, you know, has you come and, and see. I I think they have a, a much larger reach um, than than what even we would, would believe. Uh, but they're also benefiting and I see nothing wrong with it, I guess. I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of like one of yeah. those things, one of the questions that we thought about talking about before. Is it okay to be a paid advocate f- advocate for egg? Hell yes. Yeah. Shake your money. Maker. I mean, as someone who's self as someone who's self employed, you have to be paid for your time. Yeah. I agree. You know, I don't fault anyone for that. No, I don't either. And but if there's a negative connotation to it, is that just because of jealousy then? Could be. I mean Or it could just be that they don't like that person in general and regardless of what that person does, they're still not gonna like them. Yeah. It's your cheating crackers. Like, you know, Look at that bitch over there eating Gee. those crackers like they own the place kind of deal. You, everyone has one of those people where all they could come up and hand them a million dollars and they'd seriously be like, geez, look, at, she just gave me a million dollars because she thinks I can't make my own money. You know, <laughs> it reminds me of our imaginary friend, Bruce. Yes. Yes. I mean, there are going to be people like Bruce who have a problem with everything. Pessimistic. Yeah. They're just Dark pessimistic. Cloud. There's a big giant inside of ag and outside of ag, they're just pessimistic. There's a big people. giant turd in their Cheerios and they want everyone else to feel as sad about it as what they do. Exactly. So who are your your advocates? I mean, who are the good advocates and and uh, you know, if you had to to name five people um Oh jeez. Who Jen Campbell? Yes. <laughs> Jen's in my top. Jen's my top. You know, I think Jay Hill does a great job. Um and and I say that um in all seriousness, his Snapchats, even I I that doesn't sound very good. I learned something, not even I. <laughs> um I learned something from Jay's Snapchats um and his Facebook posts. Um but I also think that um raising produce and um grocery store, so to speak, ready food is so so relatable um as opposed to you know those of us growing you know field corn for livestock feed and and soybeans people get that connection to to a field of lettuce or a field of carrots and so i think that that's doing i think he's doing wonders yo i and i think that's true i think that uh there's a certain level of the farmer market um, farmers market mentality is, is a bit different or, or what they're dealing with, um, is a heck of a lot different than like you said, someone out growing field corn, um, you know, or even someone raising cattle. I don't know. Karen, who do you have that you think, I mean, I know we discussed the pioneer woman. Um, right. Another one within our community, I think is Brian Scott at the farmer's life. I know he gets a lot of crap from other farmers, uh, because some of his videos are fairly simple as far as basic agronomy or farming. But, you know, farmers aren't his audience. Right. right. Because farmers aren't his audience. Non-farmers are. And I think he does a fairly good job of explaining his day-to-day activities to people who aren't involved in ag. Yeah, I don't think they need to be um, in-depth because, yeah, you're right. He's not. That that would be preaching to the choir. 
Right, and that's not his audience. So yeah, right. and people still, act, yeah. I and I think that's, I think that's the one hard thing is, uh, you know, in in being an advocate or, or doing the things because people will say, um, you need to communicate to people outside of agriculture. That'll be the first thing they say, and then they'll say, why are your videos so easy? Or you know what I mean? Basic, basic, yeah. and it goes back to in all of your English classes, all of my English classes in college, you always had to write as though you were writing for a fifth grader. Mm -hmm. You know, you always had to keep in mind the levels of your audience. And so that would make sense to me. I've never really watched any of us. Like I said, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really have a whole lot of folks that I know um, are that I would consider our our advocates aside from you guys or the people that I interact with on a day to day basis. Which is which is part of what advocating is then is they're not talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think another important category are those that I would consider advocates who aren't even in agriculture. And some of those would be, like you said, the pioneer woman, which she is technically in agriculture, but her real job is, you know, a TV host for her Food Network show and then her cookbooks and whatnot. But, you know, she obviously lives on a ranch and her and her husband ranch and, you know, she does a cooking show, but um, gives little tidbits about agriculture in general, which probably reaches more of the population than any of our considered advocates ever will. Agreed. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then you have Kenny Wallace. I mean, you brought... Right. Kenny Wallace, um, he drove the American ethanol car a couple years ago in the Nationwide series, and he also worked with the Illinois farm families and the Illinois corn doing some of their doing events for them and um he's not doing that right now but every time there's something about farming he always puts out how much he appreciates them and and he advocates in his own way from his perspective which i think is great because he reaches a lot of audience that you know other advocates wouldn't do and then i think we also need to talk about kevin fulta who is a scientist at what the university of florida i think um he's a scientist and so he does a lot to stick up for science and you know inadvertently it also sticks up for things like gmos and um agriculture in general that way and and he catches a lot of flack from trolls which is unfortunate because he's a really good resource for people who aren't in agriculture who's the farm babe who's that because i my i've actually had different friends start sharing her stuff on facebook that aren't even involved she's in agriculture in agriculture right she's in agriculture but the science babe i don't believe is in agriculture and she has some posts also and so there's some good ones there Um, that i've i've seen as well i think i think there's a whole group of dietitians that are actually do a great job advocating Mm -hmm. um because they're pretty blunt and honest about all kinds of food and and practicing you know, you don't have to be extreme. Um, I just think there's there's a group of dietitians that do a great job. Yeah. So I think overall, I mean, really, when when all is said and done, um, you can be an advocate for agriculture if you don't choose to embrace the advocate lifestyle. Then that's fine. You don't need to be. Um, you already are doing your own thing by by living the life and and doing you. I mean, you do you. Don't be don't be a, a jackass. And and I guess if you are a jackass, then be one if you want. Embrace it. Love it. We have friends that do. 
it somewhere else. Yeah, gonna be all up in my grill. But don't expect people to listen well, to you. Yeah, or don't expect okay. to get be able to do it without getting a little bit of flack. And I mean, some people live for that flack. Like some people do it just to to get that feedback. And you you know that. I mean, that's and that comes down, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for for from a personal standpoint of you deciding whether or not you're going to give that person any attention. I mean, that's you can remove negativity from your life by not acknowledging those who are negative around you, too. Um, you know, and so I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add? We probably have have uh I think beat this topic to death, perhaps. I like would a dead say horse. <laughs> I would say do what you can where you're at. And if people ask you questions, be honest and answer them. And, you know, don't be a douchebag. Good call. Speak for yourself. That's, I mean, yeah, don't expect others to speak for you or don't speak for other people. Exactly. Don't speak for other people, I think, is the main thing. Don't assume that your opinion's the only good one, too. I mean, and that's just because someone's a, a produces non GMO grain or, or beef, you know, as long as they aren't bad mouthing. GMO, you don't need to badmouth their decisions either. And I think we do have some friends that are organic or non-GMO producers who feel as though they get beat up on by those who are um, in the, that do, you know, produce uh, from a a GMO standpoint or something like that. And then the opposite, of course, is true. But I think the main thing is, is just because someone isn't, doesn't 100% agree with you or isn't 100% in your mindset doesn't mean that they're wrong and so i think well i think that's the that's why we live in america i think that's the beautiful part about agriculture or life in general is that everyone was made with their own opinion and their own ability to to make decisions for themselves and as long as you don't try to force your beliefs on someone else then you're doing you're, you're doing the right thing let people uh let people live their life i agree so anything else you'd like to add there karen Nope, I agree. Jen, are you good? Be kind, people. Be kind. Love one another. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Be kind. Love, love more. Don't forget to hate last, or just shut up. One Whatever. or the other. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to drink your milk and eat your bread, and uh, you know, take advantage and and uh, do all that you can do to embrace demand because God knows we have too much of everything. Yeah, I think that every industry has its haters. I think that we just end up taking ours very personal and i think we you know wouldn't hurt to step back and realize that we're not alone yeah i think it goes back to the the conversation of we romanticize it we can't expect everyone else to right yeah so well we appreciate uh your feedback too guys uh you know our listeners were were really open to communicate their thoughts on this subject and that's kind of why we went as long as what we did is that we knew it was going to be one of those that was going to be multifaceted multi-layered and and really in depth with a lot of different opinions so um you know, thanks for, for listening as always, and definitely give us your feedback. Tell us what you think. Um, and we're always open to, to hear what kind of topics you'd like us to discuss in future podcasts. So um, thanks for listening.